This is Cinema Degeneration. We're trying to save humankind, and you, you protect the machines. Well, no wonder you protect them. You're mostly machine. You're not really human anymore, are you? 86.5% is still human. folks welcome once again to cinema degeneration and our albert Pune appreciation month there are three episodes deep now and i'm going to let the cat out of the bag this is my favorite albert Pune movie uh we are going to be covering 1992's nemesis we're not going to be covering any of the sequels uh the sequels will be saved for sequel to deja vu show possibly with my co-host here and uh, my co-host is somebody that you all know and love. He's been on the show many times, uh, Derek Worley. How in the hell are you, sir? Doing fantastic. Super happy to be here yet again. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a few months since we've done one of these. It, it has been a minute, so I'm very excited about this one. Uh, ever since uh, we talked about doing this, I was like, hell yeah, let's get it. So I'm very, very <laughs> Now, I got I got to admit, I, I, I have a soft spot for this movie. I have a soft spot for Albert Pion's work in general, but, like, I absolutely have loved this movie from day one when I saw it in 92. I think I was about a – I was probably a freshman or a sophomore in high school when I saw this, so I'm extremely dating myself and t- showing how old I am. But when this came out in 92, I rented it and fell in love with it. I own this on multiple formats. I have it on DVD. I have it on three different laser discs, one of them being the Japanese laser disc that is uncut with an alternate ending. Oh, wow. Uh, or an extended ending, so to speak, but still can, our alternate ending, ending. I have it on VHS. I have it on Bare Bones DVD. I own it on everything. VH, you know, everything. Everything but uh, CED, which was uh, you know defunct by the time this came out. But, you know, <laughs> if it was available on that, I would own it on that as well. But anyway, yeah, this movie is, is about cyborgs, cyborgs, more cyborgs, hell of a lot of squibs, hell of a lot of, uh, you know, bullet hits, you know, explosions, explosions, explosion. yeah. <laughs> bullets that just explode uh, everywhere upon impact. Every Every bullet in this movie explodes something. It's it, the amount of it, like, I feel like Michael Bay saw this movie at a formative age and he was like, hell yes, uh, because like, there are so many explosions in this movie. It's like, it's jarring. It's truly jarring. Yeah. It, it, you know, you can practically hear Michael Bay in the background just like, an explosion. It's so <laughs> crazy. It's insane. But it's, it's a ton of fun. And, oh, uh, I, 
this would probably be a good time for me to mention that this was actually my first time watching this movie. Yeah, um, yeah. Time watch for me, and honestly, I had a ton of fun with it. And, and as I was telling you in the kind of pre-show when we were warming up, um, this is one of those movies that I watched, and I'm like, man, how have I never seen this before? Because it's just right up my alley with the kind of stuff I loved watching growing up. And uh, holy cow, this cast also, like, it's just... Everything about it was uh, fantastic. And it's uh, this is one, I don't own many movies, but I think this is one that I will end up purchasing, I'm sure, because it was, uh, I'll definitely need to watch it again and again. Yeah, there's a great, uh, a couple of great uh, Blu-rays, one by NVD that has just got all sorts of, ver- got, it's got two different versions on the disc. It's uh, it's got a Japanese VHS print that has been upresed. It has a lot of uh, snippets of action and scenes that you know, it was about two and a half minutes longer with the extended ending. So if you can find it, if that's still available and not out of print, that's the version I would recommend getting because you oh, okay. you can get both both versions of it, and it's got so many extras it'll take you days to get through it. Oh, that's what I love to hear. That's what yeah. see, that's what. But yeah, uh, I, I got to boast here for a moment. Three shows in, and I've introduced three different dudes to all new Albert Pion movies. I'm doing good work here, <laughs> as far yeah, as I'm concerned. You're doing a great job with this. <laughs> <laughs> so far, with, with Tom Commissar, it was a first time watch for him with Cyborg. Uh, you know, with my buddy Lee Russell, it was a first time watch with him on Mean Gun. So, and first time watch for you with Nemesis. I'm. I'm I'm doing the Lord's work here, the Dark Lord's work. <laughs> and, and honestly, uh, upon watching this, because uh, the first uh, Pion movie I ever saw, and the only one at this point was, uh, well, up to this point, was uh, The Sword and the Sorcerer from, I think that was 1982. Uh, yeah. And uh, so, you know, it's one of those things that, like, upon watching this, it's making me kind of want to do a deep dive and, like, watch Cyborg and watch... Uh, mean guns because i thought that one looked like a lot of fun and it's oh it is a lot of fun you know, it's it, a i think blast. would it be fair to say like his style in a way kind of makes me think of like john woo uh with the action and stuff like that and just style a lot of it a lot of it i mean sometimes cool. sometimes he you know he varies from uh from movie to movie it'll be you know there's a couple there's an era where he did a lot of kickboxing movies there's an era where he did a lot of cyborg movies, which really started in with this movie. You know, not with this movie, with the movie Cyborg, and then followed in it with a couple of years later. He did, you know, does sci-fi, he does horror from time to time. But yeah, John Woo would be, yeah, kind of fair because especially with Mean Guns, that has a lot of you know those elements to it. You oh, know? sure. When I saw the trailer for Mean Guns when we were discussing doing this, I was like, oh yeah, this looks like a John Woo movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like John Woo with a dash of Tarantino is just for shits Ad- and giggles. Absolutely. That's actually a really good way to uh to describe that style for sure. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get off into the movie. Woo. Uh we will do a as we usually do, a quick IMDB synopsis, which is a little longer than the most of them. All right, mm-hmm. Nemesis 1992 is as follows. Alex, a burned-out L.A. cyborg cop, is forced by Commissioner Farnsworth to find his former cyborg partner and lover, Jared, who's about to deliver sensitive data to cyborg terrorists who wish to wage war against humans. But is he being played? And the answer to that question, spoiler alert, yeah, he's being played. He's being played completely. He's being played. 
by everybody. <laughs> Everybody's playing Alex in this movie. For real. There was, like, a lot of twists and turns that I could, like, it was, like, every second I'm like, all right, this is good guys, bad guys. I will say, this is something I actually took note on, uh, all the bad guys in this are very stereotypical with the guns, the suits, trench coats, and sunglasses. Mm -hmm. uh, so that helped me keep track of, like, okay, I think these guys are definitely bad guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if they're dressed, like, in, like, Hawaiian shirts and or black suits and ties with, you know, sunglasses, Reservoir dog style, then you know they're bad guys. Yes, this movie stylistically kind of all over the place, but that was definitely, like, a huge part of the charm for me. Like, it was visually just uh, very stunning with some of the the outfits because it's, like, incredibly 90s, but then it, like, is, like, super kind of, like, futuristic vibes, kind of like Blade Runner, but then sometimes it's just, like, oh, now it's an episode of, like, uh, Magnum P.I. Like, it, it was very... <laughs> yeah, especially when they get to Shang Lu, is this like, yeah, it's just a little bit of Magnum P.I. going on. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, love it, love it. So good. But, yeah, this is uh, directed by Albert Pune, of course, and but written by Rebecca Charles. It would be the only film that she wrote, and I can't find any information about her on the IMDb or Wikipedia at all. But, uh, you know, shout out to Rebecca Charles for writing one of my favorite films. But uh, I don't I'm not sure which version of this you watch. Now, I should <laughs> I should have, like, asked you in the beginning which version you were going to watch. Because oh, yeah. So I uh, so since I did not own this movie, uh, I looked everywhere where to stream it. And the only place it was actually streaming or available for me to watch was Tubi. Uh, so that was the version I watched. I assume it's probably just the standard yeah, that's the standard version, yeah. yeah. So well, now that I know the alternate cuts, I'm like, oh, well, now I need to see, like, every version of this. Because, because some versions, you know, you know, in this one, you know, Alex does the uh, the narration in the version on Tubi. And in some versions, Jared does the narration for the movie. Ooh, so, okay. So it's, there like, a little bit different. Even more reason to check out some of these other alternate versions, because, again, that can cha totally change... Uh, the whole vibe of the film, for sure. Yeah, but, uh, oh God. yeah, I love this movie. I'll try not to say that too many times, but damn it, I love this movie. <laughs> I love the tagline for it, even, you know, on the poster I have, which I do have it, and it is framed. One of the few out of the dozens and dozens, hundred probably plus posters I have is framed. But it says it pays to be more than human, and this movie, it's very true. But it, it kind of starts off with a sort of uh, almost wham-bam, thank you, ma'am. I mean, it starts off right off into some hot and heavy making out action. And then uh, he, you know, uh, our hero, I'm using the term here loosely, hero, uh, Alex Rain, played by Olivier Grunier, uh, a French actor that actually, this was only his second film. It was only mm -hmm. his second film, and Imperial Entertainment was very insistent uh, on Albert Pune that they wanted to use him to play uh, Alex Rain. He played Jacques in a movie called Angel Town, which is kind of a, you know, uh, cheesy, straight-to-video, you know, uh, martial arts kind of film, which, you know, he doesn't really get a chance. He does a lot of action in this movie, but he doesn't do a whole lot of, like, martial arts. But that's what sure. normally he was, uh, he, he was known for in the beginning. And he was very dedicated to this movie and you know it's often said in interviews that this was the highlight of his career 
and he like worked out like a whew, like a motherfucker to make to make himself in shape for this movie, bringing his weight down twenty some odd pounds and bringing his like uh, the his uh, fat fat percent was only like three or four percent. I think he yeah, said. Yeah, I read that in the in the IMDb notes. They were talking about uh, how much. Oh, I'm gonna have to pull this up. How much he worked out, but then also uh, Deborah Shelton said she that that she also worked out like three and a half hours a day to get in uh, shape to play Julian, and then he also brought his uh, body fat down uh, way way uh, low uh, to get into shape for it. And like, holy cow! I mean, it shows the dude is shredded through this whole movie. And so is uh, Deborah Shelton. Is Julian? Yeah. She is toned as hell like everybody like looks amazing in this movie like everybody's like ripped and buff and kicking ass like there's just a lot except for thomas jane very young thomas jane looking very much like he's got a dad bod (laughs) see i looked it up because when i saw him i was like holy cow because okay not only do we get thomas jane we get um carrie uh tagawa from mortal Kombat. yeah as as i said here for once not playing shang sung Yes, we have uh, uh, Tom Matthews from Friday the 13th, Part 6. Love that a, guy. As Marion. Yeah. Um, but then we also had, uh, okay, so Thomas Jane and Jackie Earl Haley, which is crazy. Uh, yeah, like popping up at the end for like a brief minute, you know, a hot second. Brief. And Thomas Jane, I looked because I was like, okay, with the year this came out, this had to be early in his career. And this was like his third or fourth movie he had, or anything that he had done so this was like early in his career you know and it just it took off for him after that and uh yeah it was just interesting seeing so many familiar faces again because i'm a big thomas jane fan and oh uh, yeah me too i was like holy cow i didn't even know so that was uh that was really uh a pleasant surprise yeah and it's got one of my favorite actors one of my well two of my favorite actors brian james maritz Doing a yeah. really weird, I don't know what kind of accent that was that he was trying to pull off. It might have been Eastern European, German or something. I don't know, but it was really weird. I, I enjoyed it, but it was just really strange. But like, And it was awesome seeing him in this, because again, he has a long history of sci-fi movies and stuff. So it's like, yeah. that, was, uh, that was cool seeing him as part of that. And then, as I always call him, and I always refer to him as Tim motherfucking Thomerson. Jack the <laughs> Dollman. You know, uh, Dolman also directed by Albert Pune, you know, so and he uh, I love Tim Thomerson. That guy is just great and everything, whether he's serious or he's doing comedy, which I'm going to show my age here. Like, I remember one of the first things I see. And yes, I used to watch this series was on the Golden Girls where he played a cross dressing baseball player, which was like the one of the funniest fucking episodes of television ever. But like, I love Tim Thomerson. He's always going to be Jack Death to me. But, uh, yeah, he you know, plays Commissioner Yeah, I'm just now seeing, uh, yeah, he was also in uh, Near Dark, which is one of my favorite uh, my favorite vampire movies. Yeah, he but, plays Ca- oh. Caleb's father, yep. Yes, oh my gosh, holy cow. Yeah, and about 150 other things. God, he, the guy's had such an extensive career. He's been acting since, since the dawn of time, <laughs> you know, yeah. I think. But, he, he, uh, he is the actor. <laughs> yeah yeah he's the og he started he started it fucking all but it just also has like a little cameos and bit parts by like nicholas guest christopher guest's brother is germain 
Uh, mm-hmm. Vincent Clinn is Michelle in a, in a like two scenes, who was the lead bad guy Fender in Cyborg, and he's also been in like this is like a who's who of people that have been in you know uh, Albert Pion movies. Yuki Akamoto from uh, Karate Kid Two, who was also yeah. in with played um, bro- a brother of uh, Tom Matt. Him and Tom Matthew were brothers in Mean Guns. Or at least it's implied that they're brothers. They're, they're like either good buddies or brothers. I always did, thought they were brothers. But anyway, I, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin too much of that movie for you since you haven't seen it. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah, like. And I but he's. Back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like a little bit. Of everybody is just like oh, like Jackie Earl Haley again in Dollman. You know, uh, Brian James has been in a couple of his movies. Tim Thomerson's been in several of his movies. So yes, yeah, like kind of like a who's who of like the Albert Pune universe. But getting into, like, the beginning of the movie, like, it just starts out, you know, Alex is making out with this, uh, what you think is a just, I'm, 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 I'm going to assume that it's supposed to be a hooker or a call girl or something. But he's making out with this blonde. And it starts out, in two seconds, she's strangling him. And she's like, I got to check and make sure he ain't a cop. And then she gets satisfied that he's not a cop. He just takes her gun away from him and blows half her head off. And I just love the. I was like, man, we are getting right into this. Hey, I'm going to blow your fucking face off. I was like, all right, hell yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah, it's starting off with, you know, with no remorse. You know, he kills a terrorist and then proceeds over the next 10 minutes with his just just general gunplay mayhem and kills like 12 more. Like, I want to know, do you think he had the infinite ammo cheat, you know, with that shotgun? Because I know shotguns like that carry about five rounds, but he must have fired off like dozens without reloading. I I was thinking that pretty much through this whole movie because, I mean, and there are scenes where they show people reloading, but like way after when they should (laughs) have. They should have loaded at least four times. Racking rounds constantly. I'm like, okay, you gotta run out eventually because my God, uh, the people with the the guns in this, it's 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 really funny. It's uh, there's so many I feel uh, just action movie stereotypes in this. But you're having so much fun that it's like you notice it, but it almost doesn't even matter because it's just so entertaining to see it happening. Uh, because again, like uh, he does end up loading his gun eventually, uh, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just seriously, infinite cheat, infinite ammo cheat codes through this whole thing for everybody. Because it, especially when they get uh, uh, to the hotel, but we'll get to that because that's <laughs> that's where it gets a little out of control. But yeah, this. this oh like, God, yes. Yeah, like, how many rounds did they think are in a clip? I mean, how many rounds do you think are in uh, general clips? No. Yeah, but it's like I mean, the first whole 10, 15 minutes of this. Uh, for the chase scene and all that old way. I mean, it's just like nonstop. I mean, just gunplay, unloading, shooting the streets, shooting in this hotel. I mean, it is just, I mean, off the wall. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, when they're going through that like post-apocalyptic like landscape where every building is crumbled or fallen over or tilted at a weird angle, like that right there is is just oh, amazing stuff because I love me a good post-apocalyptic movie and this isn't so much post-apocalyptic as it is dystopian futuristic I would say well, it's probably the right what, way to describe it yeah and what I really liked about this that I wasn't expecting 
is it's kind of like, all right, when you have your futuristic movies, you either have like Mad Max, like post-apocalyptic future, or you have like Star Wars or Blade Runner type high-tech future. This is kind of like a mix of the two, like a movie, uh, a good example that's like hardware. Uh, yes, good one. Yeah. Everyone hardware, you know, and uh, or everyone should see hardware. And uh, I like. And if the, you see it, you should love it because it's awesome. Oh, it's so good. And it, it's a good mix of like the post-apocalyptic mixed with the futuristic uh, that I think always makes a dystopian film look and just feel so cool. And uh, I actually made a note here that even though you have your, you know, very stereotypical bad guys with the, you know, the trench coats and the sunglasses and all that, but it's like, uh, you know, it, it doesn't feel overly sci-fi with like the way everyone's dressed. So you kind of keep that rooted in realism for the future because we're in 2023 now and it doesn't look that much different from what they're expecting 2027 to look like. Right, right. I was even going to say this is only four years into our future and it's yeah. not that, that, that far off. Not far off at all, you know. And as I'm watching it, I'm just like, also, like, hey, this set is really cool with this like falling down building. But at the same time, I'm like, who the fuck let them film here? Like, this looks like a safety hazard. <laughs> right, like, like, when they're on the roof of that building, that's all... Yeah, I mean, it's leaning at, like, at a 45-degree angle, almost. Oh, yeah. And, like, uh, I want to know how many people got hurt. That's what I want to know, is how many people got hurt. Because this one yeah. dangerous stunt right after another, especially in this opening 10 minutes, is, is just fucking nuts. It, it is crazy. There's actually one specific one later on that I took note of that I'm like, there's no way no one got hurt doing this. But yeah, I mean, when I'm watching this, I'm just like, man, who let them do this? But then I forget that it's like, okay, this movie was, they were probably cutting some corners and doing some sketchy stuff, potentially, you know? <laughs> right, you right. Uh, but, yeah, as you yeah. do, you know, uh, as I always say, safety third. Safety third, yeah. <laughs> Film, safety third, for sure. Uh, yeah. But, it was just, it was so exciting. And uh, again, you know, they're, they're shooting the place up. There's lots of squibs and explosions and gunshots. And, um, you know, there is a point again where he takes cover and he starts reloading his pistols. And I was like, okay, he's fired off at least 500 rounds and we are now doing a reload. So uh, <laughs> uh, that, thank God, because I, I was getting a little worried that he might run out soon. So I'm glad he got ahead of it. <laughs> But yeah, some of the filming locations of this was uh, the Kaiser Steel Mill in Fontana, California, the Hawaii Na Volcanoes National Park in Hawaii, Tucson, Arizona, the Yuma Territorial Prison State Park in Yuma, Arizona, and then various places in Arizona, California, LA, uh, you know, Hawaii, and like it was all over the place. I would I tried yeah. to find out more information, even in the behind the scenes featurettes, trying to figure out like where like, especially like the the opening ten minutes of this movie where it was filmed at. But that was as much as I could figure out. Yeah, because there are some really cool sets and stuff between this opening scene, uh, when he's doing the drug smuggling in Rio, and then like some of the stuff which is obviously all Hawaii pretty much for the second half of the movie, but like. You know, when he's locked up in jail, when they first tell him about the bomb in his heart and all that, it's like, there are some cool locations that they used on this that I'm kind of like, man, when I decide to make a movie, I want to film there. That looks awesome. <laughs> Right, <laughs> like, right. It exists, so I want to be a part of this. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, it's it's all over the place. I, I think one of my the my 
favorite parts are some of the off the wall dialogue that they just kind of use as throwaway lines, but the like they only pertain to the movies like this, like when he you know, he's running, you know, here in the first ten minutes and he's getting away from the one uh I don't I can't remember what her name was, the the one terrorist that ended up being Max's uh, well we know we won't, won't get into that yet. I almost fucked up. Oh um, yeah. But uh yeah. But yeah, but, but uh, yeah, it was um, um, it, it was it's the ter- it's the terse on the fucking front cover of the of the movie. Um, trying to remember Rosaria, that was her name. Yeah, just popped in my right. head. When she shoots him and he flies through that building and he lands and he gets that that shit run through his leg and he's like, oh god, that knee was brand new. <laughs> and just but not like, oh god, I'm gonna bleed to death or oh what the hell's like that knee was brand new. Like this, it's so Pri- ironic. Pr- priorities, you know, priorities. But uh, like you know, my next note here is save the dog, save the goddamn dog, and he does because yeah. she even remarks to him before she goes to blow him and the dog up. She's like, "Oh, what a sensitive man!" And like, "Yeah, now I'm going to kill the dog." So I guess she's a pretty horrible person. Yes, she's awful, and honestly, like that dog was like so cute and sweet that I'm like, please don't let this dog die. Uh, if the dog dies, we riot. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, he's laying there, obviously, uh, bleeding, injured, kind of in and out of consciousness. And the dog comes up and start licking him. And I'm like, oh, yes, they're going to be best friends. Yeah. And they are for a little while. They are for a little while. For a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Because when she gets up to him and he's been blown up and shot up and she's like, you're not really human anymore, are you? And he's like, no, like 86.5% is still human. And like, that's not a good ratio, man. Yeah, yeah. You're, uh, you're you know, you're, you're pretty much mostly metal at this point. It's interesting because I actually drew some correlations here uh, that there's a lot of similarities in like the way people view, like the, the way some of these scenes are shot and some of the dialogue stuff. It feels kind of like... Uh, Hume may have been like a RoboCop fan potentially because it's just like there's some uh, some similarities that I drew there and uh, you know when he's laying there and stuff and I'm just like this reminds me of, like the ending scene of RoboCop with uh, Clarence Boddicker and all that and I'm like man it, it just it made me re- reminded me of how much I love that like kind of down and dirty crime thriller but like futuristic vibe stuff I mean it just it, it's just so cool. And, uh, you know, when she's talking about that, and I mean, you're right. Some of the dialogue is like kind of throwaway, kind of like unique to this film. And it's like, also you can tell the dude is like, uh, a lot of these actors had to be from just all over the place. Cause the way some of their enunciation or the way they pronounce things, or even just like the way they styled the certain, like, you know, instead of saying, you know, Oh, is this like, a uh, one of those cyborg people, they'd be like, "Oh, it's a cyborg person's," or like, you know what I mean? That's just yeah, like, yeah, at in there and stuff too. And it was like very, very interesting, um, kind of hearing their way of like speaking with this, um, and that kind of like threw me for a loop. But uh, yeah, I mean, some of the one-liners in this are like so cheesy, but in like the exact way you'd want it to be. Um, <laughs> one specific one. Uh oh, no, that's coming up in in a minute. Yeah, I don't want to say that. I too. think I know which one you're t- talking about, so I'll I'll, I'll see. There were you two spe- there were two specifically that I wrote down because they made me actually laugh out loud. 
but we jump ahead. We jump ahead six months. It takes them. They take a. It takes six months for them to fix them. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, damn, what 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 a fucking ordeal that must have been. How many like surgeries they had to go through. But I like like a lot of the the scenes where they're you know they're fixing him up because he gets fucked up a couple times in this movie. At least three different times where they have to rebuild him. Well, because they show actually in the end right before he shoots and kills that uh, the woman. Uh, right before like LAPD shows up and all that, like dude, he's in rough shape. Like she shot his leg like three or four times, and he's like got all half a building falling on top of him, and it's just like, geez, dude, like he uh, he definitely needed some time off, and then he definitely got that. <laughs> yeah, he got that, and then he ends up in Baja, California, running in the sand with the uh, his grown up puppy dog, which was actually the director's dog. Uh, it was Albert Pune's dog in the movie. But he uh, is wow. there. He is there, you know, rejuvenating himself, but also looking uh, for Rosaria to to find her and get revenge. So you go when he goes to the bar. I, I is one of the most impractical parts of the movie. But you have yeah. to throw away your suspension of disbelief here because she doesn't recognize him. It had only been like six months or a year because it does a yeah. couple of time jumps or certain times in this movie. But like when he's like, he's like, oh, who are you here for, Senor? And he's like, you terrorist. And then like, uh oh, she's like, oh, shit, before he like, you know, blows her the fuck away. Uh, (laughs) That scene was weird because I'm like, okay, there's no way she doesn't know that's him. And even the guy on the because there's two people in the bar. It's her and the the, like the other drifter. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, look, like there's there's no way. Like even this guy's pulling out a gun like he knows there's about to be trouble. And then he just blasts them both away. And again, with the action and with all the squibs and explosions, the way people fly backwards when they yeah. get shot in this movie, it's like they got shot with like a dump truck. And they just <laughs> right. flying. It's really entertaining. Uh, the stunt team was working overtime on this movie. Oh, for real. I hope they got paid good because holy shit, the way people are flying in this thing. Uh yeah, absolutely out of control, but in the best way. <laughs> yeah. And then we get something that kind of goes down in the worst way, because afterwards, I'm not sure if this happened in your version uh, that was on Tubi, uh, but when Jared and the other cyborg shows up after he kills the two terrorists or whatever, and they kill the dog. Yes, it does happen off screen, so I was at least thankful for that because I don't like on screen animal deaths. You can kill people all day long in movies; I'm not worried about it. But the you animals kill animals. don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah, you know the dog didn't do nothing; he was just trying to protect his owner. You know, but so yeah, they do do a bozo no no with that one. But like I said, uh, happens off screen, so I can kind of forgive it. Then and, boom, because you know, they're, they're they, uh, it's uh, Jared and uh, I forget the other character's name, Sam. So, Yes, show up to kind of be like, hey, you know, you're ready to go back to work. You know, we need you. And he's like, no, I'm retired. And, you know, they kind of, you know, I think the dog was kind of recognizing uh, that they were cyborgs and was not like a super big fan of that. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, again, just trying to protect its owner. And then they're just like, pow. And uh, I was not expecting that because I'm like, oh, the dog's going to be his pal through this whole thing. But uh Unfortunately not. But thankfully, like you said, uh, it is off screen, so it's definitely not anything yes. 
too traumatizing thing. Yeah, it's not it's it's not graphic. It does you know you don't see. You mean you see him burying the dog afterwards, which I thought was a nice touch that he at least honored his little furry buddy and, and buried him. But uh, yeah, then we do another time jump, and I think this one goes to Rio, which the yep. only shot that's actually in Rio is that circling shot of the Jesus statue. Yep. Uh, but it's one year later, and now he's uh, hit rock bottom. He has another hair change because he has regular length hair in the beginning. Mm-hmm. For the last five, ten minutes, he's got a buzz cut, and now he's got one of the world's worst luffy feathered Mel Gibson playing Martin Riggs feathered mullets that I've ever seen. <laughs> and That's then, a like, great way to describe <laughs> it is. It's just like, oh, it was that was either you know Martin Riggs's hair or that they just modeled it after that. Oh, but, I, I was trying to figure out is this his real hair or does he have a wig? Because if that's his real hair. I cannot believe they made him wear his hair like that for God knows how long. Because I, <laughs> I would have been miserable. Like, I would have quit. Yeah, at least thankfully he doesn't have the mullet for too long. But then it grows, like, super long later on for for a bit. But then he goes back to his, like, what I think. I'm, I'm, I am I can't confirm, but, like, I think that was regular was just, like, you know, short-cropped hair. But, yeah, uh, there was a lot of hair and, like, hair changes and time jumps. And it was like, uh, that's probably... You know, it has to be a uh, runner for uh, most uh, hair changes on a character in a movie for the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I would say it's at least a runner-up, if not the title holder. But yeah, now he is just another trader slash smuggler doing black market trading. And through the narration, you find that he's not very good at it. You know, he's been getting a lot of deals gone down and people always end up dying. But this is where we get the introduction of Tom Matthews in a very small role as another cyborg trader named Marion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're going back and forth. And he's like, well, make me feel better about this, Marion. He's like, you know, tell me what's up. And, and he's like, I, I think I'm going to say I, I'm pretty sure this is the one liner that you were going to talk about here in a second. If not, I got to mention mm-hmm. it. Make sure there's nothing up my there's nothing up my sleeve. See, nothing up my sleeve, Alex. And then his head sections off, and his eye, and his part of his forehead slides off to the side, and a gun pops out where his eye is, and he shoots him. So literally, nothing when was indeed up his sleeve. It was behind his fucking eyeball again. It, indeed, it was, and, and we see that happen actually with a couple a couple times in this movie. And I thought that was like a really unique and interesting like robot feature to have in this movie because that's unlike anything I've ever seen to have a right uh, or a laser behind the eye. I thought that was a ton of fun. Um and that again uh, with the like kind of off-putting weird one-liners in this movie, that was such a good one. Um cuz again, there's just so many of those where it's like, okay, that's that's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, Whether intentional or not, it was damn funny. Yeah, and it's like again, some of these one-liners and stuff, it's like they make me laugh because it's just like, is it meant to be taken seriously? Is it supposed to be funny? And then it's just the way the people deliver these one-liners make it hysterical every time. <laughs> yeah, each time, every time. It. But, uh, yeah, yeah, and it seems a little weird that the, the LAPD wants, you know, Alex Rain back. And so, you know, Marion fucks him up, blows him half away, mm-hmm. blows up half his body, 
just to fuck them up, just to rebuild them all over again. Then I think it jumps forward another six months or another year. I kind of lost track it, at this yeah, point. Yeah, it keeps jumping, like, constantly. Like, and, uh, you know, again, more repairs. And uh, another year later, he ends up in jail. Ugh. And uh, a very cool-looking jail. Like, this is one of those sets that I was kind of like, where did they film this at? Because it's kind of a, uh, an interesting look uh, with uh, all the cells and kind of, like, it almost looks like a castle. Yeah, like, it looks like an old-school castle, like, prison. You know, like, where they might have, like, uh, maybe, was, I don't know. I, I I can't believe that, like, half of this was shot in Arizona and the other half was shot mostly in California. I want to know where in the desert in California this was shot. I would yeah. love to find out. But uh, then we finally get, at the same time, we get Nicholas Guest, you know, uh, who is also in, you know, several... Uh, Albert Pion movies. We get Brian James, the introduction to Brian James character, Maritz. And then Tim motherfucking Thomason is Commissioner Farnsworth. And I think this is the only time we probably witness what is, I'm using air quotes here and giving you spoilers at home, folks, but we witnessed the uh, the actually human Commissioner Farnsworth because the Farnsworth yeah. we see for the rest of the movie is, of course, a replacement cyborg. But, uh, yeah, and then uh, I should say this movie, you know, has an appearance by Brian James, but it's basically an appearance by his really weird accent. It's <laughs> he's kind of a throwaway character, and I hate to say it that way, and I don't I mean it with any disrespect, mm-hmm. but it's just like he's just, you know what I mean? He's just uh, utilized. He's just kind of there. Yeah, he's just kind of there. But, like, I love his accent. I don't know what kind of accent it was supposed to be. Uh, but you know, it, it 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 was funny, and this this is where I made the first note of so many hair changes, so many different. Even Tim Thomerson has a nice feathered hairdo in this scene, and the rest of it is all buzz cut and slicked back with like a bunch of like you know hair product that's just yeah gooped back. Well, and I don't know whose hair also grows that fast because my hair doesn't grow that fast in a year. Uh, no, looking how it grows and how it's cut, and I'm just like, okay, what is his hair routine? Because uh, I'd like to give this a go, and uh, <laughs> I can get this rolling, because holy cow, man, it's just, like, constantly uh, changing in some of the weirdest ways. But uh, I, I, if he would have kept this kind of long hair through the movie, I would have been cool with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been all right with it, but I would have been, like... Eh, Better than this. the mullet. Better than the mullet, for sure. <laughs> Better than the mullet, yeah. But this is where they take a little bit from uh, Escape from New York, and they put a bomb inside him. And they tell him, well, well, we rebuilt you. We gave you a little something extra. We got a bomb in your heart. So if you don't do what we tell you, it's going to be mighty convenient that you're going to blow the fuck up. And this is and, where it gets a little bit more interesting because they're like, you know, we need you to hunt down this person. And guess what? This person is not only your ex-partner and lover, uh, but, yeah, you, uh, you got to hunt them down and uh, uh, bring them in, you know. And it's like... Again, it, it definitely takes a page from that whole escape from New York, you know, and they're like, oh, but there's also a bomb. So if you don't do what we want you to do, we're just going to kill you anyway. So, yeah, this is a matter of convenience and script convenience It's like, how do we keep him in line? That's how you keep a motherfucker in line. You put put a poison or a bomb inside his body. Yep. But uh, yeah, but. Then you kind of find a little bit about the, the what's going on that you the U.S. and Japan, Japan had merged and they needed him to get a disc that had some security plans that were going to, you know, a disc or a hard drive that was going to be, you know, falling into the wrong hands of the cyborgs that were going to use it to eradicate the humans, which were called the know, hammer 
which is super cool, by the way. Yeah, I uh, love that name, the Hammerheads. That's fucking great. If I was a part of a uh, a terrorist organization of like uh, freedom fighters or whatever, any kind of group, that is like such a cool name to have. And it's like every time they brought up the Hammerheads, they're like, hell yeah, yeah, that's know. a cool name. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you also find out here at, at this point that he is what they call they use the term a couple times that he is a speed loader. And he's constantly using injections to kind of keep himself hyped up because he's, you know, his body. I, I, I they kind of is like in a throwaway bits of dialogue that does, you know, it's for so his body won't reject the cybernetic parts that they have in him because he is still, you know, more human than robot. But that that ratio is getting a little slimmer by every every time jump in this movie. And and they do show on several occasions him taking injections in the neck kind of uh revealing that he is on some kind of drug or medication that's helping him uh cope because it seems like every time he gets blown up it's like that that like 85 percent cyborg is now like 92 uh, so it's like <laughs> yeah. ever changing uh so yeah he's uh, keeping up with it like that but i think my favorite part of this movie other than the that opening uh you know action sequence when he's just running from the terrorists and they're just blowing each other up is when he gets to shang lu and he's just walking down the street and people just keep coming out of the woodwork like out of every doorway <laughs> every window and he just kind of kicks their ass just in passing so nonchalantly just kicking people's asses and they're following him and there's a point where he's got like a trail of like five people i'm like oh are they just bystanders but then he just turns around just like plows through them and kicks all their asses and i'm just like oh shit like he means business yeah he's a bad motherfucker he might be the world's worst negotiator but he's one hell of a, a gunfighter and and a, and a martial artist i'll give him that much yeah but when he gets to shang lu well i love the part though when he walks away and the camera holds on that that like alleyway and all of them just get back up at the same time and just kind of look at each other like, well, that didn't work. I guess we'll have to it's like, kind of... uh, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> we just got our asses kicked. <clears throat> but this is where we get the point where uh, you get the introduction of young Thomas Jane as Billy and the very sexy and very yeah. badass Deborah Shelton as Julian looking all very smoky and sweaty. Yes. And you know what? I actually made a note and this will make you laugh. Two notes. Uh, one, I wrote, holy shit, is that Thomas Jane? And then I put, holy shit, that's a lot of shots of his ass. Because his ass should have had, like, a uh, its own credit in this. Because it's just right. shots of his ass. And I'm just like, what is happening? This is wild. And then, uh, but then I made a comment how uh, it's, like, Predator 2 levels of sweaty in this movie. It's, like, every, it's, like, so hot and sweaty in that room. And I'm just like, yeah, that's, like, Predator 2. Yeah, you know that they look like they've been doing nothing but laying around, fucking, smoking cigarettes, fucking some more, smoking more cigarettes, and just getting sweaty. And that 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 room just looked like it smelled. Yes. Oh, I, awful. <laughs> I could I could smell that scene. It just it's because they did a sh uh, close up when Deborah Sheldon comes up behind him and she's like hugging on him and like biting his neck, and the sweat is just running down his face. I'm like, he has to taste terrible. Like, <laughs> you right now, like. You're licking pure salty sweat off the yeah. side, and I want to gag. <laughs> yeah, it kind of looks like you might taste like salty butthole, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, like, oh my god, stop! Don't don't lick him. What's wrong with you? Yeah, um, it looks yeah. like he tastes like Astro Astro Glide and regret. 
<laughs> got so excited because like, oh shit, Tom Jane's in this. Because I kind of went in the movie blind outside of just seeing the trailer. And uh, I got very excited to see him as being part of this, even though he is not in it very long. Uh, no, no. He looks very concerned, kind of looking outside, trying to figure out, you know, uh, what's going on outside. Because he's kind of like watching as people are getting beat up. And um, kind of as the uh, Maritz character is kind of like uh, showing up, walking in. And it's like, there's kind of a lot going on in the scene. And they're kind of like, you can tell setting up uh, for a lot of the things to come. Because uh, you just saw a ton of people get their asses whooped. Alex is kind of showing up, getting checked in. You know, you have um, the Julian character with uh, Billy Moon. Uh, Thomas Jane's character kind of uh, had their thing going on. So it's like they're they're introducing a lot of uh, characters and just... Uh, there's a lot of setup happening at this. Yeah, point. in about a five or ten minute chunk of this movie, they introduce pretty much everybody you're going to see for the rest of the movie. And for they, the rest. yeah, yeah, Yuki Akimoto as uh, Yoshiro Han, uh, the the hotel proprietor who again, you know, was in Mean Guns, he was in Karate Kid Two, he's in Cobra Kai, and then you got uh, Kerry Tagawa as Angie, the leader of the Hammerheads, as as I put it here in quotes, not Shang Tsung for once. He's got a really <laughs> like good island accent that I think, and and Vincent Clinn is Michelle, you know the the you know who is um, Deborah Shelton's or Julian's uh, you know kind of bodyguard I would guess you know or right hand man. I I say that's that's accurate, yeah. But uh, it's, it's <laughs> funny. Something I also made note of is there's so many uh, like women's names that men have, and and so many women have man names in this yeah it's like, a refreshing change you know to have that, something that like that interesting thing and i uh i'd never really seen that before but yeah the 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 uh, take a lot of like traditionally female names or traditional male names and, and uh switch for the opposite sex and uh yeah that was like a very interesting uh take on that and uh yeah like i said i've never quite seen anything like that so that was that was a really interesting artistic um liberty to take yeah i agree i agree uh but (laughs) there's a lot going on in this hotel you know you got billy has now been kind of found out or i guess she's you know always known she just decides at one point to let the veneer down uh julian does and is just like you know she she just beats the shit out of billy tosses him on the bed, calls for Michelle to come in, and, you know, it's like, hey, it's too bad, you know, the intel on you came back that says that you're LAPD. And he's begging for his life. This running around, ass hanging out, dong flapping in the <laughs> wind, you know. At one point, I, 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 at one point, I think he actually catch a little bit of uh, Thomas Jane Peen on, on camera, but, you know, yeah, <laughs> I was staring. The bed. I was like, did I just see Thomas Jane's dick? Holy shit. <laughs> good, like, good for you, dude. Good for you. Uh, hey, you know, and no pun intended. Well, actually, every pun intended, but getting it in wherever you can, you know? Hey, I, <laughs> you know what? Good for him because uh, I will say um, Deborah Shelton in this looks incredible. And I was just like, wow, okay. Uh, so, yeah, good for him. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he's been found out and it's uh, clear that he's a part of it. And um, this is where things get a little bit dicey, I think, because it's like this is where you kind of start to figure out, like, who the bad guys and the good guys really are. 
Uh, this is where you kind of find out that he's being double-crossed in a way. Uh, yeah, yeah. LAPD may not be as good as what they claim. Because uh, this is kind of leading into one of my favorite uh, one-liners that I actually wrote down. Is uh, when, when Alex gets all settled in his hotel room and some of the Hammerhead guys come in. And uh, they're like kind of setting up and all this stuff. And he's just laying around. He's like, leave me alone. And then he just gets punched in the uh, in the face. Which I thought was really, really funny. Yeah, uh, uh, that was fantastic. Um, yeah, and that was kind of, again our our introduction there to the uh, Kerry Tagawa character, uh, not Shang Tsung. Uh, yeah, not Shang Tsung. For, for for once, uh, and I I don't know why, but that tickled my funny bone so much when when that scene happened. Uh, but and, and that's where I made a comment even in my notes that there, that there were some fun. And uh, kind of goofy one-liners in this, and and when you watch a kind of like a like, and I don't say this in a in a derogatory manner at all, but like some of these like cheesy, uh, you know, kind of like underground action movies. That's kind of one of the appealing things about them, because even like you know, Predator, for example. I mean, there's one-liners left and right in that movie. Oh yeah, and I feel like when when people were that became a standard for these like you know. Uh, beefy buff guy shoot 'em up action movies, and you can tell that they were kind of like really leaning into that with this. Um, but again, it's just it, it the movie's so incredibly late 80s, early 90s with the vibe between the music, the sets, the way people talk, you know, all the explosions and gunfire and stuff. I mean, it's just it just has everything you could want with that. And and you get a lot of it in one of the upcoming scenes where I feel like we get one of the best shootouts in a movie I feel like I've ever seen because oh yeah so balls to the wall that I was like what this is this nothing but explosions sparks and squibs everywhere it's like a live action cartoon like it feels like a cartoon but I like I could not take my eyes off the screen because I'm like is this for real right now because uh, at this point. Uh, Alex is like, kind of like he's he's being left alone. He's in the shower. Michelle has come in, kind of roughed him up a little bit. I mean, not roughed him up, like bashed his face into a tile wall. <laughs> yeah, but <it laughs> would have killed a normal man, you know. Oh but with Alex, God. it just kind of damages another two percent. He's just like, ouch, that hurt a little bit. But it's just like again, uh, goes like full Jason Voorhees on this guy. He's like throws him through glass, smashes his face, and I'm like. This is where I made a comment that every time glass breaks in this movie, it's like they use the same stock uh, glass breaking sound. Which it sounds great. like the glass breaking sound at the intro to Stone Cold Steve Austin's yes, music. Yeah, it <laughs> totally does. Totally. It's just like that classic. Battle like uh, it's so funny. But uh, yeah, he ends up meeting. Um, Oh, God, her character name totally just like, uh, oh, uh, Julian. Uh, Julian, he ends up meeting with Julian, and that's where she's like, oh, you know, uh, these guys are, you know, looking for her. But, uh, you know, um, uh, Jared is no longer like a person person. She's like a chip now. Yeah, she's and like a chip like, on a thumb drive. I'm like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? But they're like, yeah, she's not like a lot. It's like her consciousness is like stored onto this hard drive. And she's even like, yeah, you can plug her into this computer and talk to her that way. And I'm like, that's kind of cool, though. 
can we have that in the actual future? Because that sounds so cool. And uh, you yeah, can it seems like a way to kind of live forever, you know, which is. It, oh, totally. Yeah. And it was interesting because this was the point where she's like, you know, there's a camera in your eye. Uh, we need to block that out. He's like, <laughs> uh, he's like, is this the part where you tell me it's not going to hurt? She's like, no. It's gonna hurt like a motherfucker. And she's like, oh <laughs> yeah, because he's like, because she he finishes her sentence. He's, she's like, now this is gonna. He's like, yeah, sting a little. I know. She's like, no, actually, I was gonna tell you it was gonna hurt like a motherfucker. <laughs> and that's where that's the the next line I had written down. That's what I'm yes. assuming that was yours. Yes, yes, no, I love that. And uh, it was kind of cool. Like, and I also made note <laughs> because as a special effects makeup artist. I always pay attention to that stuff. And with movies like this in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, it's going to be real cheesy. But the practical effects in this movie are actually pretty awesome. Um, yeah, more times than not, they are. A few times they're a little goofy. Yeah, a little there's wonky. a few times where it's like... But I'm not mad at it. I'm not yeah, mad. Yeah, no, no. In, in this, like, when they pull his eye out, like, that was kind of cool. The close-ups you could use, tell they used, like, a fake head and, like, the way they had the camera set up is just... It was different from what you'd expect when you look at, like, a Terminator movie. Like, you know, how all that's done. It's like, it, it's so easy, I feel, that when you're working with cyborgs and, like, you know, real living tissue over, like, a cybernetic skeleton or something. Like, what you'd get in that with, also with this, to not be too much like Terminator. And they kind of take their own dealings with it and stuff. And uh, it was cool seeing how the eye came out and her putting it back in as she like closed it off. But that's when you find out that LAPD being basically across the street, they're like, Oh, okay. And I think they kind of pick up that we're being double crossed now. So we need to load up and get over there. And uh, that's where she starts giving uh, Alex all the information. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, Hey, you need to meet up with the hammerheads coolest name ever over yes. at volcano. And uh, you know, they're only going to stay there till, sundown and then they're gone so you, we got to make sure you get over there on time and i'm like dude yeah, there's you gotta a get jared to the ha- you know you gotta get jared to the hammerheads yes so uh because she has all the vital information um so they're doing all that and oh boy we we're just leading up to one of the coolest firefights ever oh uh, uh, yeah they're, they're a little, like, little bit of trivia because you mentioned you know this being a little bit like the terminator you know and whatnot and yeah. The effects visual effects team was headed off by Gene Warren Jr., who was the same visual effects supervisor as T2. Yes, yeah. And, you know, they the Terminator movies, the first Terminator movie and T2 both were just, like, so ahead of their time, specifically T2. Because mm-hmm. oh, the, yeah. the mix of practical and CGI in that movie, like, they were developing stuff. That had never really been used before. And, you know, like James Cameron with uh, The Abyss, some of the stuff he developed on that that was also used in T2. And it's like it was just so ahead of its time. And, uh, you know, this was just a very new time for a lot of visual effects. Practical effects were starting to get significantly better than what they were in the early 80s. And, um, yeah, this movie just like there's only a couple times where I saw effects where I'm like, oh, that kind of looked bad. But yeah, like, it, like the second appearance, uh, the second appearance of Marion where they're on that slide. Yeah. It's, a, like, it's a little goofy. It's like, ooh, they could have done without that insert. And I do have a fun little uh, note about that slide because that scene is very fun. But, yeah, yeah, that insert shot of his face opening up, I was like, ooh, that looks bad. 
Um, like yikes! Yeah. <laughs> they could have just but, left that part, left that that whole you know, you know, point five of a second, you know, half of a second shot just out, and it would have made the movie this like that much better for it. Yeah, it, it, it would. That they would they could have lived without that. Uh, but yeah, it. Uh, so you know, obviously, uh, LAPD shows up. They're getting ready to bust down the door and get in there, and presumably, um, they're you know they're gonna kill um, Alex and Julian. Uh, but she's like, hey, if you go out the back door or back out the back window, you know, I'll hold him off. And uh, so he <laughs> kicks it all off, man. He just shoots the window out and kills the guy. And then everyone's shooting. And um, they just come through the walls. They, they don't even shoot, kick through. They, they shoot, shoot holes. Yeah. <laughs> they shoot a door into the wall, basically. And I'm like, yeah, this, I don't think that's even possible. But it's just like, again. Everybody has the unlimited ammo cheat codes in this because <laughs> right. nobody's reloading and everybody's shooting hundreds of rounds out of their guns. And I'm like, this scene had to have taken a week to film because oh, there I was bet. just Without there was so much happening between walls being shot down, people being shot, Alex shooting a hole in the floor, and he just keeps shooting and he goes down like three stories because he just keeps going through the floor as he's shooting yeah. holes and I'm like, what the how's it how is he doing this yeah like and also it's, like the uh, first time i saw the movie uh underworld you know the vampire yeah. and, and werewolf movie i yeah. i they, she does kate beckinsale does that exact trick and shoots through three or four different floors i'm like wait a minute i'm like i saw that 10 years ago and it was done much better <laughs> yes because i mean her scene like that movie's cool and it works but it's like seeing it in a movie where it's a little bit like, I mean, they want you to take it seriously, but uh, I'm definitely viewing it as a little bit more tongue in cheek. And I had way more fun with it in this one because it's, yeah. it's so outlandish. Some of the stuff happening in this far, far and it lasts like a good five, seven, five to seven minutes of just like people hunters around. And it just, it is, it's, it's absolutely insane. The money uh, they must have spent on blanks and 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 fl oh. and flashes and everything and squibs must have been a tremendous amount of money. Do they have the budget listed here on IMDb? You know, I did look it up, but I will look it up. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up while we're talking. I'll see if they do. I, I don't mind. Right here, like uh, the opening weekend, the movie did one hundred and ninety-seven thousand. Its gross worldwide was only two million, which is like. Kind of sad because I feel like a movie like this at that time with the cast and the action, like you'd think people would be more into it. Um, but it, it appears as though it really didn't do all that well, sadly. Uh, but, but it did well enough to, to garner three sequels. Three, yeah, three sequels. And then, then uh, uh, the other a, one, a fourth that we don't talk about um, because, you know, reasons. But yeah, I mean, it's just. It just blows my mind because, like I said, this feels just right at home with those late 80s, early 90s, you know, high octane action craziness that, you know, we got in a lot of those movies. And I'm just like I said early on, I'm just kind of bummed I didn't see this sooner because it's so right up my alley and something that, you know, in, in my day, early teen years, just I would have eaten this movie up. And, yeah, uh, and it was just, it's, it's a good thing, though, that there's still movies like this that exist for people like you and, and people like me, you know, uh, that 
one of that some of us have not seen yet. There's still those gems, you know, from the 80s and 90s or whenever that it's just like, you know, I slept on this movie. I haven't seen it. And it's like, I'm going to finally see it. And then you discover it's just like, it's like a gift. It's like a little hidden gem. Absolutely. And it's, uh, I always feel very thankful when I find these things because it's like, again, like I said, just when you have scenes that are just so outlandishly crazy like this and just so much fun to watch. Like uh, when he's escaping, like in the, in the shootout and everything that's going on, like some talk about things, scenes that are fun to watch. When he jumps out the building and the building explodes behind him and he does like a backwards side flip somersault and lands perfectly on his feet. Like, I want to know how yeah. many takes that that had to take because they, they blew the building up behind them. If they if they fucked it up, they had to get a whole new setting because that thing was demolished. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there and there's several points in this film where you're like, man, how many setups did this take or how they even pull this off? Because just to get it look looking that good to get that in one take, I don't even want to know how that, you know, because there there's a big explosion at the end that I'll bring up when we get to that. That when, you know, when I saw that, I was like, man, there's no way no one got hurt doing that because that was really close. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he just shooting through the floor. Uh, he ends up taking off and gets out of there. But right after this, there's such a weird scene that feels so out of place, but it made me laugh really hard of the uh, uh, old, old lady. Yep. And then like she guns him the fuck down. And I'm like, oh my God. I love it. And and Alex is watching it the whole time. I love it. And she's like just slowly, I mean, her hand is shaking so bad. She was so frail. She's like, it'll teach you to fuck with me. Goddamn cyborgs. Can't even walk to the store without getting accosted by some punk. I'm like, and I I was thinking the same thing that Alex Reigns is like, man, I love this town. Like this Shang Lu takes no shit. Yes, it's it's so so fun, and uh, again, just the world building that they do, that because I feel like with this movie and kind of just backtracking just a little bit here, they don't give you a lot of like exposition in this movie. They kind of just like throw you into a world, and they're like, "Yep, here you are. Welcome. Here we go." And it's like they don't explain a whole whole lot, and you kind of just run with it, and you kind of just accept it. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, I, I love that. And, and you kind of get a, a glimpse of that with this, with that interaction, you know, and it just, uh, it's so out know. of place. It, it is so out of place, but it's just like, it's one of my favorite sequences. Yes. And, yeah. uh, it, that made me laugh, uh, pretty good. I really, really liked that. <laughs> oh, geez. But there is some pretty gruesomeness in, in this part when it slows down a little bit, uh, you know, see, Julian is literally blown in half, dragging her, like, cyber torn-up body across the floor. And Farnsworth comes up and is just, like, interrogating her. And his way of absorbing her information is sticking his fingers into her eye sockets. And instead of bleeding, she's just oozing what looks like oil. They're black bile. But it's yeah. so fucking gruesome. It's just, like, brutal. Because they're like, interrogating her, trying to figure out what exactly is going on. Because, again... Uh, Alex's uh, camera was shut off when she was explaining everything to him. So they're like, well, you know, we know you're up to something. So tell us what's going on. Where's he going? Where's, uh, 
you know, what, what, what's, what's the deal? You know, who, who are you with, with the hammerheads, yada, yada, so on. And yeah, uh, yeah it's like crawling, trying to get to the gun and they're like kind of antagonizing her and torturing her with the eye jabbing. And I was like, holy shit, that would be awful. And they kind of imply that the cyborgs don't really feel it. But I was like, you know, it's like when you cook a lobster and you're like, oh, it's fine. They don't feel it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't believe that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not buying that at all. I'm not buying that they don't fucking that, feel that. That looks really, really painful when he jams his fingers in there and he's just wiping them off like, yep, no biggie. And I'm like, dude, holy crap. And she's like still talking. With no uh, eyes. Yeah. No goddamn eyes left. No eyes. And then she's like, you know. She's like, I'll, I'll be back. And he's like, no, you won't. And then he just, like, <laughs> shoots her, like, ten times in the face. And I'm like, oh, okay, I thought she was going to make it to the end. And there's a much lot like of the, that. Much like the dog, there's a lot of people they set up that you think are going to be, you know, confidants of uh, Alex. But, the, you know, anybody who gets close to him is pretty much a victim. Which uh, kind of goes right hand in hand with what he said when he was smuggling in uh, Rio. He's like, uh, anyone who's around me ends up dead. And I was like, yeah, that that does seem to be a reoccurring theme here. But yeah, I mean, he's on the run now. And this is where we finally, it's not the introduction of the Max character, played by Merle mm -hmm. Kennedy. She is uh, bent, you know, jumping around the whole movie, following him, always two steps behind, watching everything yeah. that's going on. But this he's is where she finally... Never really been a real prominent character. She just, like you said, kind of in the shadows, kind of lurking and creeping around. Because that that was something I was trying to figure out for the longest. I was like, all right, they're clearly making it apparent that this person's important, but who the hell is this? Yeah, but but she finally makes herself known and actually de de decides to join the movie as as something other than a featured extra at this point. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know. As they're going around, they're traipsing around through the jungle or through the the, the, the woods, and you know Mar Marion and Farnsworth and Maritz are all following everybody. They're, they're just you know endless action at this point. It's either, if they're not shooting everything up, they're running around through through everything. There's a lot of running. But uh, and after, uh, this is the part where we get the world's longest slide. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you take this one. I know you, you said you had a note specifically about it, but yeah, yeah that, Alex that, goes on a slide really, with Marion, well, right? It, yes, as they fall backwards on the slide and they're like punching and fighting. And, you know, uh, Alex pushes Marion's head up and he like, ping, like hits a bar. And I was like, damn. And then they're yeah. like still going at it and like trying to shoot each other, wrestling for these guns. And like you said, we get that part where his face splits and it looks a little bit silly. It's like, oh, that was definitely a fake head. Well, you can tell like uh, nothing that the head was fake, and not only that, but like nothing in the background was moving, and yeah. they're and they're going down that slide rapidly, and it was just like it, it could have just lost that shot. I know they spent oh. money on it, and it was a heavy effect shot, but they could have just lost it, and it would have made the movie that much better. Oh, totally, and and it's funny because every time they show a reverse on Alex, um. It looks like the end of the slide's right there, but then they slide like another 150 feet, and I was like, okay, hold up. Like, it's kind of like the bridge in, in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. It's just never-ending. Yes. That's, <laughs> that bridge is like 20 feet long, but they're on that bridge for at least a mile and a half. Like, <laughs> right. They're like traveling down it for like six minutes. Yeah, so it's like, they're okay, you, you've re reached your destination. Uh, you're, you're done here. Um, so yeah, it, but that was like a really fun scene and, uh, you know, they obviously makes it to the end and that, that is at that point where he really links up, um, with Max and then they're like definitely 
together on their way at this point, uh, getting uh, out of there. But it's like, again, they're, there's so much running through the jungle and, uh, and, and, you know, again, shooting and gunplay and gunfire. And it's, you do get a really good look of these beautiful locations during all of this. Um, because I mean, again, these, uh, these sets and these locations are just absolutely beautiful. Just absolutely oh, breathtaking. Fantastic. You know, and, uh, this is, uh, kind of the part where we do get a, um, you know, they kind of get pulled over and, uh, they're talking to each other and he's kind of like, not really trusting Max. And he's like, oh, you know, they're doing that thing where they place that like little doohickey on your chest. Right, uh, right, yeah. To kind of cross-analyze, yeah, and then she does, she does that weird thing with her necklace where it's like a laser all of a sudden, and like... She presses something not, in her waistband and it shoots him with a laser that just knocks him out? That, I was just like, what was that? Like, that is the weirdest thing I've ever seen, but, uh, you know, I'm here for it, whatever. Yeah, it was, a again, it was a part that, it was a little bit wonky, but this movie is very comic bookish. And so I, I can I can forgive it. There's technology and stuff that you just that doesn't get explained. But at the same time, it doesn't really need to be explained. You're just like, oh, like, I guess they have laser shooting necklaces now. Like, OK, you just accept it. Yeah, And that's one of those things that it's like, I think the the movie, even though it is like considered futuristic, I think it is easy sometimes to kind of just get lost in what's going on and almost forget that it is a futuristic movie and that this does take place at that time, you know, uh, 30 something years in the future. And, uh, yeah, now only four like, years into the future. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 So it's like, I don't have a laser beam necklace yet, but it's like, I hope by 2027, I can have one of those. Cause it was kind of cool. Uh, but this is where you find out that she is, uh, part of the, the, the hammerhead resistance or whatever you want to call them, uh, terrorist group. And, um, yeah, and, and like you were going to mention before, you find out that uh, uh, the one woman he killed towards the beginning of the movie was actually Max's sister, and I was not expecting that. Yeah, that was, a, you know, the first time I watched it, I was not expecting that at all. You find out that Rosaria is, was her sister, and she's quick to let him know it, but she's also oh. quick. At one point, she's, you know, on one hand, she's really quick to let him know and put a gun in his face. She's like, you killed my sister, motherfucker. But then does a flip and just automatically becomes like his best buddy and realizes that, yeah, you know, that he has to trust that she has to trust him. Yeah. Some of their character stuff with that goes kind of all, all over the place. He's like, you know, he deserves to die for what he's done. He's like, what did I do? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't even know. you. Like, I'm, I'm confused here, guys. What's going on? And she's like, oh, you killed my sister. And then they do that little flashback. I was like, what? Um, so that was like kind of surprising. But then she kind of just storms off. Uh, kind of doing her own thing, and yeah. uh, you again. We're about to kick off another uh, fun little um, action set piece. Yeah, action, action uh, sequence as uh, and the LAPD guys show back up, and uh, yeah, with with uh, Cy Cyborg or Android, or not Android, but Cyborg, Farnsworth, and Reitz. They they kill the Hammerheads. They totally kill yeah. the Hammerheads and kill Kerry Tagawa. He he's Angie is now dead. But you know they're they get they get Jared they they have the thumb drive or the little chip that she's in but he swing but Alex Rain swings in like motherfucking Indiana Jones snatches it and just says thank you and yeah just, that was <laughs> another that was another thing I put in there they he swings in 
like it's the uh, Van Halen Panama video. And he's just like, <laughs> hey. it's like uh, thanks a lot. And then just like goes on his way. And I was like, what? Uh, again, there's so much silliness with some of this action, man. Like, it's just, I can't get enough. It's, it's, yeah, and it's impossible to not have a good time with this. If if anybody, I'm like, I know that everybody has different opinions, but I'm just saying out loud, man, if you can watch this movie and not have fun watching it, there's got to be something wrong with you. Or, you For it, real, like, it, it's like, it, it's when people say so bad, it's good. Like, I, I don't like to use that because, you know, I feel like every movie has its charm and stuff, or I don't like calling it yeah. pleasures, but it's like, this is the kind of movie that I think people would say it's so bad. It's good. But right. It's, right. So bad. It's good. It's just a fun. It is a good movie. Like it's a ton of fun. And these scenes like this, where it's like very action, you know, it it's still funny and entertaining. And it's just it, like you said, you'd be hard pressed to watch this and not at least, enjoy yourself or have a laugh when you're when you're doing it right it's not feel like you didn't waste you know 95 minutes when it was over yeah yeah i definitely did did not feel like i wasted my time and even though people said the sequels are bad i liked this enough to be like you know what let's see what the sequels are all about yeah i i could still recommend them if you like you want to watch two through four you know, but but uh, they're all very different, very different movies, but they're all as equally wacky in their own way, and I'll leave it at that. I love that. Love that. But uh, there's one, my next note here, or I got two notes side by side, is one, cyborgs are fucking horrible shots because they couldn't hit a broadside of a barn with an exploding hand grenade shotgun round. Seriously, because some of these <clears throat> shots they're making, I mean, keep in mind, like we said early on, these bullets, no matter what gun they're shot from, every bullet blows the fuck up. Like everything's exploding at one point, And this was the action part I was talking about when they shoot that silo and it starts. Oh, to, that's the next note I had was that silo. Yeah. It blows up and then it falls over. And when it explodes, uh, Alex goes flying. And for a second, I was like, dude, I don't think he was acting. Like, I think that actually blew him forward. Cause I mean, he goes flying from that and it's just, there's stuff exploding that just should not be exploding, and it doesn't make sense to be. Like, exploding. what was that silo filled with to explode? I have no idea. But then again, it was Shanglu. Who knows what the fuck it was filled with? <laughs> yeah, it's Shanglu. Like nothing in Shanglu seems to make sense, and I'm. But you know what? I'm here for it. I support. Yeah, it. I mean, it, for all we know, that that silo was filled with a massive amount of C4. <laughs> you know, that's probably what know it was what? filled with. It, it, I, I would, uh, I would agree to that. Yes, I, I think that is a. Very big possibility. But yeah, I remember watching a behind-the-scenes featurette on this uh, that was on one of the Laserdiscs I have. And I think it might have been the Japanese Laserdisc. I'm not quite sure which one. Since, like I said, I have three different ones. But, uh, you know, they showed the behind-the-scenes of making the stunt. And you watch that silo fall over, and the stunt people, you know, and Alex and Max are running. There are, you know, there's a lot that could have went wrong. And, you know, I'm surprised nothing did because it looked like it's just one dangerous stunt right after another. You know, that's why I mean, I mean, I I love me some movies. I love actors. I love directors and writers. But the real heroes on movies are two people, special effects, visual artists and stunt people, because they make the true magic happen. I'm, I'm telling you, and that that's something that drives me nuts, not to get too off topic, but like about the Oscars, you know, they don't get 
an Oscar uh, category. And I'm like, you know, they should, because these people literally put their lives on the line to get these shots and to make this stuff look good and to sell it. And, uh, you know, when you watch a movie like this, it's like, that's a potentially fairly low budget movie. And I'm just like, man, like who knows how risky that potentially was to get some of these uh, fight sequences and stunts and things like that. Uh, Cause you even hear about, you know, in modern day, like on uh, Resident Evil, what was the final chapter where multiple stunt people got injured and, uh, you know, one died and, you know, you hear about these things and it's like, man, these people are literally given it uh, to make these things happen and to make it look damn cool. And uh, yeah, I think they definitely deserve much more recognition that they, uh, than they get. Yeah, exactly. And that silo stunt, again, not to go back to it too much, this is a mwah, chef's kiss of a stunt. Because that, that's done practically no CGI at the time. You know, nowadays they would just CGI a silo. And, you know, and it is much safer. I understand it. I understand the need for it. But seeing something like this this happen on screen as a practical in-camera effect, it just oh, makes me appreciate yeah. it that much more. Well, it's the stuff that kind of makes uh, us filmmakers fall in love with movies when we're growing up, is seeing that stuff done in real time. And, be, and that's what makes these uh, movies feel larger than life and so real, because they actually did it. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, oh, God, there's so much... So much even to follow with this. The, the action gets a little bit more sparse. Not so much sparse. There's not a, a lot of huge action set pieces. This is more of a lot of cat and mouse from this point. And I'm not saying that as a detriment, as a negative for, for this movie. But, you know, you can only have so many squibs. And I think they blew them, up, blew them away in the Act 1 and Act 2. <laughs> oh, absolutely. At this point, you know, they're running through the jungle. There's some sliding. Um, it's just Farnsworth. No, uh, there's a couple of like a bad guys left and a couple rando bad guys, but Alex gets them. And then it's just Tim Thomerson as Farnsworth chasing him with his exploding yeah, shotgun. Because they end up um, Alex's character. No, not Alex. Uh, sorry. Max's character gets knocked out with an explosion. And then he's like carrying her around. And at one point uses her as a uh, as a human battering ram to get <laughs> fucking boarded up window and that made me cackle out loud <laughs> back up i'm like dude how are you not knocked the fuck out he just threw you through a fucking window and then she's just like oh hey and uh what's up alex son yeah. and he's just like hey uh we gotta keep moving and i'm like dude there's no way she doesn't have a headache from hell right now because that was that was pretty wild uh but yeah that uh yeah you know there's a bad guy, you know, random bad guy sliding on a rope, uh, like a, a zip, like a zip line, and then he like shoots the line, and the guy goes falling, and they have that it, like cat and mouse scene inside the house and all that, and it's uh, yeah, I think you 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 hit the nail on the head. It becomes a little bit more sparse, more cat and mouse uh, kind of uh, feel to it, because I, I again, it's not super high octane action from this point forward. It's more. Of like, I mean, this. It's still fast-paced, but yeah, it's just not, like, high-octane. Yeah. is a good way to put it, but... Uh, it never really slows down, uh, but it's, like, the action does... Uh, it, it it changes uh, it changes pace, but nev never slow. Never slow at Yeah, all. yeah. But then even Farnsworth, he gets them where a tree falls over and pins, you know, Max and Alex to the ground under some branches and whatnot, and he has them. He has them, like, in his sights dead to rights 
and what does he do? Like every good James Bond villain does, he has to give a villain speech. Yeah, he's like, you know, join us, Alex. You're more, you know, you're more, you know, cyborg than human. You know, join us. And of course, you know, Alex ain't having that. He's like, never. He shoots him, thinks he does him in, and but you know, uh, he pops back up and has one of the best. Like, I just love the line. It, it's it's not like a, you know, an I would be back kind of line, but when. Tim Thomerson gets up and he just screams across the jungle. I'm state of the fucking art, Alex. And the fucking art. Yep. And he's chasing him again, shooting after him round after round with this, every round exploding like a hand grenade around him, not hitting it with shit. That's why I said cyborgs are lousy fucking shots in this movie. They, they make stormtroopers look like good shots, man. <laughs> right, right. It's bad. They could hit the back of a toilet with a piss stream, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the, the stunt that makes me laugh out loud every time I watch this, and I've seen this movie more times than I can count. I, I have no idea. Dozens of times. Is when they're at the little bit of the waterfall, they're at the cliff's edge. Oh, and he boy. Does that, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, he does that front flip, turns around and pivots, shoots one round off that just explodes Farnsworth, like he's like a a batch of firecrackers. He just explodes. You I think? No, I no exaggeration. I actually rewound it to to because I did a double take. I was like, did he shoot him mid backflip and blow him up? I was like, I I need hold up. And I rewound it and I watched it again just to be sure I was seeing what I thought I saw. Because yeah, because like, it does happen fairly <laughs> quick. <laughs> it's super quick, but I was also just like. What? Like, like nah, he so didn't. Cool. They yeah, didn't go there. Like, yep, no, they went there. <laughs> but that's when you find out you get that shot when you find out, oops, Farnsworth is really a T-800 underneath all that shit. Yeah, you get to see him in his full cyborg. But just for a split second, just long enough. Um, yeah, just long enough for a hot second there. In his uh, cyborg form, which looked pretty pretty good uh, for the time being. It being like kind of like stop motion digital animation. Yeah, uh, yeah. It looks solid. Uh, you, you can tell it's stop motion. Yeah. But again, like I said earlier, with some of the other like effects that are just like a little dated, it still looks good. I mean, for 92, oh, you know, you got to consider when this came out, you know, that this movie is 31 years old. I'm going to be bold for just a moment and say that for 92, if you compared some of the digital effects in this to like Spawn in 1998... Oh, like, yeah. It looked better than that. Like, <laughs> yeah, by a long shot. By like a long shot. And I know that's super bold, but I mean, it's true. And I think at this time, it was so early in its infancy with digital effects like that, that I feel like people weren't overdoing it quite yet. And they weren't like over utilizing it and over relying on it. So you see just enough of the digital effects in here for it to be like, uh, what's the right word? Uh, I guess like, appealing to the eye but also you know you're, you're sold on it when you see it like you you're believing what you're seeing uh because you get just enough of a good look this was what a year before jurassic park which like yeah yeah like, yeah totally revolutionized uh digital effects and cgi um because you do see a little bit more of his robot version later but it's more practical puppetry uh because it's a more close up uh because soon after this uh, is when they, they, you know, you get just some more shots of them like traveling, going up to the, uh, to the volcano because they think, yeah, you know, and that's a, a we got away. Location. 
Yeah, they're yes. trying to get to the secret rendezvous point where they're going to meet with the other Hammerhead guy. Then mm-hmm. they're going to catch the for, you know the first train out of Dixie. They're going to get the fuck out of there. Who ends up being uh, Yoshiro? Yeah, uh, from from earlier, which I was like, oh shit! I thought they were gonna they killed him for sure. Like he, yeah, he I thought for sure. Yeah, I thought he I, died like three times in this movie. To be honest, but then I also wasn't expecting him to be like. A quote unquote good. I mean, there's no like good guys or bad guys. Like it's all over the place. But like, I was it's all varying, expect- varying shades of gray in this movie. Yeah, and I was not expecting him to be like a quote unquote like good like on their team. Like I was not expecting yeah. him to be one of the hammerhead guys. So that totally threw me for a loop. Again, like there's so many twists and turns in this that I wasn't expecting. Uh, but it, it's all satisfying. Like it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, when you when Yoshiro turns out to be the, the the escapee pilot, I'm just like, oh shit, okay, like yeah. First time I saw this, I'm like, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm with it, I'm with it. I'm with it, I'm hip, like it's cool. Yeah. Uh, and you know they take off, uh, but and for some reason in the back of my head, I'm like, there's no way it's over yet. Uh, oh, of course it's not. Of course, of course it's, it's not. Uh, because um, you know they're they're getting ready to take off. They're loading up. And they're like, yeah, Alex, get in the cargo bay. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, I, I see where this is going. Yeah, uh, put, yeah. Yoshiro puts, you know, Max up front with him. But they're like, you get in the cargo bay. And it's like, okay, we're just setting up to separate them now, you know. <laughs> yes, and I'm like, all right, uh, I've I've seen at least three movies in my time. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Farnsworth, uh, robot version, uh, climbs up, well, jumps and clings on to the bottom of the uh, of the jet. Uh, fighter that they're in uh, as they're kind of taking off getting through the air and um, yeah I mean beats his way inside and uh, starts a little fight just rips the hat the back hatch open yeah, I mean punches a hole and just like rips it open and I'm like damn because uh, he, he does look like a little scrawny kind of goofy skeleton robot but again he, he reiterates again to Alex that he, he is in fact state of the fucking art yeah uh, and uh you know, they have, like, a little tussle. Uh, he actually rips Alex out and scalps him. Yeah, looked, rips oh, the top of his fucking that, head off. It was, oh, man, that made me cringe. because the way Yeah, because he catches it, it on, on the, the, the ripped open cargo bay door. And oh. it just, like, yeah, it, it, makes you, it, makes you, it makes your butthole pucker up just a little bit. Oh, yeah. I was just like, oh, shit, no way. Uh, that, that, yeah, that made me cringe hard, but... He's kind of hanging and he kind of uh, makes his way back up and he's like, you know, we made you, we own you, every dollar spent on Every this, bit of you, every piece of you. Yeah, belongs to us. And he's like, well, cool, then you can keep it. And he like, kind of like, presses his arm on like the, the ri- rips his arm off. Yeah, uh, he like dislocates his arm and then just like literally t- kind of just separates his arm and lets him drop. Yeah, and so Farnsworth falls, and then in a very comical explosion into the, because uh, of course he couldn't just burn up; he had to explode uh, as he falls into the volcano, and uh, you know the obviously the jet fighter just continues on without him, and um, and yeah, so they got away from all the bad guys, uh, quote unquote the bad guys. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so they got way- rid of at least those bad guys. Yeah. And then they make their way uh, to the Northern Pacific on an island uh, where they meet up where I with, I assume, the resistance or the terrorist group of the Hammerheads and kind of pass the chip over. And we see uh, Alex all bandaged up 
Like he's yeah. he's literally looking like Michael Myers in Halloween Four. Like he's he's like a walking well, not even walking. He's just like he's a mummy. He's a, yeah. He's, he's he's wrapped up head to toe. Like all you can see is his mouth. Yeah, pretty <laughs> yeah. much. He, he looks like a big bloody Q-tip. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he is a mess. But he and, but uh, he does have a you know a kind of a touching moment with uh, with uh, uh, oh what the hell what the hell was her name uh, the, the, uh, uh uh, not, Jared. not Julian. Jared. I, I was almost going to say Julian, but too many J names in this. Too many J <laughs> names. Yes, all of them. It's Jared, not Julian. Yeah, right, right, right. I should know. I've seen this movie enough times. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he's talking to her, and, she, and she's just like, you know, when they shut me down and they download me, I'll cease to exist. It's not like dying. I will cease to exist altogether. My memory altogether. will be gone. And he just tells me, you know, tells her, he's like, you know, she's like, you know, I love you, Alex. You know, are you crying? See, it isn't so bad being human. And he just says, get me the hell out of here. Yeah. And it's so hard. But this is where we got to uh, say there's a cameo by Jackie Earl Haley as the computer tech whose name mm -hmm. I don't think is ever uttered in the movie. But his, his name in the credits is Einstein. Yeah. But he's just yeah. like, he's, like he tells him straight up. He's like, yeah, we got to. You know, we got to upload or download Alex to, to the computer so we can get all the information about what's going on. And it's just, like, you know, there's much time to do this. Like, we got to do it now. And that's when she, they, like, together, she and Einstein are kind of just like, you know, like you said, when this happens, like, I'm gone. It's over. Like, darkness forever. It's, I, it's like I never even existed. And I'm like, I could not imagine being in that position to where I'm either A, her about to cease to exist, or him being like, it's like, someone that I loved at one point and have like had interactions with, it's like gone, yeah. you know? And it's, it is like a very sweet touching moment. And when she said that whole, like, see, it's not so bad being human after all line. I was like, I, I was like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going <laughs> to cry. I am a grown ass man and I'm not going to cry. <laughs> cry. Uh, I might sniffle <laughs> a little bit, but I'm not, I'm not crying. You're crying. I'm not crying. <laughs> <laughs> one single tear, just the one tear. Uh, but yeah, they end up, you know, getting him all uh, put back together. So this and, is like uh, the fourth time they fucking rebuilt his ass. <laughs> at this point, he's like full cyborg. Like, there's no way he's not. Yeah, like, at the beginning, he was 86% human. Now I think he's more like 86% cyborg. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, dude, you, you are not even remotely human anymore at this point. <laughs> uh, they, uh, she tells him, you know, hey, just so you know, there's a note at your job on your desk uh that i was told to let you know about so you need to go get that and uh that's kind of where the movie ends as he goes back and reads that note what with it's like a voiceover reads it in his head yeah um, yeah it's from farnsworth the real farnsworth. From farnsworth real farnsworth before the the robot version comes along where he's kind of explaining the whole situation i'm sitting and again i'm sitting here like watching this i'm like had he just gone back to work and read that note None of this movie even would have happened because <laughs> it's like he was giving him the lowdown of what was going to be happening. And uh, and again, like everyone in this whole movie is constantly talking about how Alex is like the guy, like he's like the best there is at uh, doing his job and, and uh, you know, blowing shit up and, and sh doing the whole shoot him up thing. And, um, you know, that's, again, reiterated in the in this letter as he's reading it. And uh, Max shows up and meets with them and they're like, you know, let's, uh, let's get out of here. Yada, yada, whatever. And it, it's, it's a weird scene and it made me so uncomfortable because he's like sitting 
on like these steps in the rain and he's like completely soaking wet in like a suit and tie yeah and yeah like, bro what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> you know there's it's some like place so you could emotional. go to be undercover i'm sure yeah there's like very obviously places you can be and it was just like weird but then uh we get like obviously the uh, the sequel bait uh of like a voiceover i forget whose voice it even was but being like uh i oh, think it we... was me- meant to be another farnsworth clone talking or to sam something. yeah and, the, and they were like you know oh should we should we get him and then it's just like bah! and it's over and i'm like oh shit um so yeah i mean it's like again it's it's such a uh such a sweet setup for a sequel because you're like oh there's more you know and uh but uh after talking but yeah but wait the there's mother, more uh it it doesn't really follow that uh it doesn't really pick up there uh so to speak so yeah i mean like no it's it's, it's 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 a weird continuation but yeah it's, it's it i can't say that it's boring and i can't say that it's not interesting it's just not it's not great it's not great i mean it's yeah. I mean, like I said, I liked this movie pretty good. I mean, I would say it it was an inspiring watch because as I like kind of write sci-fi fantasy horror mesh stuff, like, I mean, there's some cool stuff in there and there's, I really enjoyed watching it. I see this being the kind of movie, like if you're having like a schlocky fun party with some folks and you want to throw a movie on, on the background and just kind of hang out with people, like it's just a good movie to throw on and if you watch it with a group i could see it being kind of fun to watch with a group of your friends um and like a movie marathon type thing you know it's just it's a fun movie oh yeah um, and it, like i said there's never a dull moment there's never a yeah. point where it slows down at all there was never a point where i thought to myself how much longer is this like there was never a point where i was like oh, okay i'm getting bored let me pull up my phone like it never felt like that through the whole movie like i just genuinely just enjoyed watching it the whole time uh i had fun i was laughing i was like you know like i said i laughed i was like really drawn in with the action and you know i i felt engaged with the story and i enjoyed the characters and you know i like i felt myself caring about things that were happening and it's that's all good stuff that you want out of something like this so yeah i mean it's it's one i'd definitely recommend to people like i said i i i'm upset that it took me so long to actually see it i was glad i could actually give you a reason to start watching this sucker absolutely (laughs) and like i said it's making me want to deep dive and watch uh watch more films uh by this by the director and like you know his his uh, visual style is uh is just a lot of fun and it just it's familiar to me and it's like it's very like I don't want to say it's like schlocky because it's not really schlocky, but it's just like you know, Pune definitely has a style, and if all his movies kind of have this kind of fun and exciting action, then I mean, I I see myself having a lot of fun watching more of his stuff for sure, and I'm very glad you recommended this one specifically because yeah, it it it's a I had a feeling you would like it at least from you know another from filmmaker to filmmaker you know like from a a special effects standpoint a a stunt standpoint i know you're big on sci-fi so i was just like you know of all the ones i could have recommended i i thought this was the the one to to do and it sounds like i was right you were very right that was a (laughs) good choice yeah no i i had a ton of fun with it and uh i'm glad i was able to hop on here and do this because like i said this was uh this was a fun one for sure 
Well, that being said, you want to get into our final thoughts and ratings? You you know how we do things around here. You've oh, been a guest yeah. many so, times. Final thoughts, rating on a scale from 1 to 10. Yes. Yeah, so final thoughts on this. It's a fun movie, like I said. If you're into, you know, just some high-octane, uh, exciting action that seems like it might be a little bit uh, too much to even believe and uh, <laughs> cartoony with it, but you're still having a good time, this is for you. I'd say if you're a fan of movies like, you know, Blade Runner, or movies like, oh, I'll, I'll throw a really random, but like movies like Split Second, uh, just oh, any good fun, one. Good. you know, futuristic sci-fi kind of just fun, you know, uh, movies like Hardware, like anything along those lines, post-apocalyptic, futuristic, uh, weird cyborg happenings, but just, you're also a fan of just like, you know, crazy action movies of the late 80s, early 90s. Like, this needs to be on your watch list, honestly. Like I said, I'm almost mad that it took me so long to see it because I just had, I had a lot of fun with it. And I would say I'd rank this a solid 8 out of 10, genuinely. Nice, nice. That's a good fucking rating now. Yeah. I, I'm going to, this is my favorite Albert Pion film, so I'm going to blow my rating first. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. I just love everything about this movie. I never get tired of it. It's a it's a comfort food movie. There's a couple of movies that I have in my, you know, in my regular lineup like this, Demons 1 or 2, sillier movie like Monster Dog that are maybe not necessarily the most te- technically advanced films or marvels or modern filmmaking. Yeah, they might be B movies, they might be sh- a bit schlocky at times, but they're just so fucking entertaining and so fun and this falls into that category it's got a great cast i mean tim thomerson brian james you know carrie tagawa i mean like oh my god like the list goes on and on he i can't say enough good things about this movie i love this movie like it's still my favorite of albert pian's lineup and he has no shortage of movies that i love but it's such an action pat movie you know and and like you said uh you know, earlier, Derek, uh, it's the type of movie you put on, you know, when you have friends over and you want to watch something fun. This would be the type of movie I would suggest to watch, like on a film set, like once you're done filming and everybody's just kind of chilling for the night. Like this is the movie you put on, like, oh, you want to see a movie? I got something to show you. I <laughs> could not agree more with that, actually. I look back on all the movie sets I've been on and, uh, you know, I was on a movie about a year ago and every night when we would wrap, We'd watch a movie or even during the day, you know, if we were filming scenes and people weren't needed and they were filming in the basement, we'd be upstairs on the second floor and we'd put on a movie, you know, and it's just and we but we'd ask everyone, you know, what are some movies you haven't seen that you feel like you should have? Or what's a movie that one person loves that no one else has seen or even heard of? And we're just constantly watching movies on set. And this is the exact kind of movie that I would bring to that setting in a heartbeat. In fact, I'm going on a movie shoot at the end of the month. And if we end up watching movies, this is going to be one I bring up for us to watch. (laughs) Good man. Good man. Yes. No, I I could not agree with that more. Just if you're with a, in a group setting with people having fun and you just want to watch something entertaining. um, Yeah. This, this uh, entirely. 
yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, sir. I'm glad you had such a fun time with it. I was kind of ner- nervous. I'm like, well, let's see if he likes this one because I'm. This is going to be a really weird review, if, <laughs> knowing how much I loved it. Going into it, it's like, well, I'm pretty sure you know Derek will like this one, but you know, you just never know. You never know yeah. if people are going to be like, yeah, I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. So it well, makes me happy and excited that you enjoyed it as much as you did. Absolutely, and I've even seen where, like, in settings where we've reviewed a movie that I like that maybe you don't, even still, like, how civil we are about it and how it's like, yeah, I, I get that, you know? And it's, uh, But I feel like you and I have such a similar taste in, like, media with, like, movies and shows and stuff like that mm-hmm. that it's like, how highly recommended you, you came with this movie and how much you were like, yeah, this needs to be the one we watch. Uh, I knew that I was going to, at the very least, enjoy it and have fun. And uh, I did. And even more so, I found it being a movie that I enjoyed a lot and would 110% watch many times again. So I'm definitely going to be searching for that uh, that MVD version of it uh, so I can make sure that I get the the best one with all the alternate scenes and things like that. Cause I just, I, in all the bonus features, I need to know everything about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you will, like, you will know everything about this movie. If you get, if you can find that version, I will send you the link to it. If I can find it. Yes, please do. Please do. Awesome. Well, with that being said, do you have anything you want to plug real quick? This will drop in about in a couple of weeks. So I'm not sure if you want to talk about the movie you'll be oh, shooting or anything yeah, you got you know going what? on. I will I will totally talk about that movie actually. Uh by the time this airs, I'm going to be on set in St. Louis. Uh I'm going to be working on a movie called XXXmas and it uh Oh, it, yeah, I've seen yeah. that one around. Yep. I, I think you've seen that one being promoted. Yeah, it's a a very wisecracking Santa Claus targeting porn stars on set of a Christmas themed uh porn film. <laughs> Dude, I'm there. How did I not get involved with this movie? How did I not get (laughs) I'm surprised, you know? it's. uh, I think it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, I say this very modestly, but uh, but also very confidently, that this is, hands down, without a doubt, going to be the most graphic, gory film I've ever worked on. Uh, It also, I mean, it's... Some of these kills in this movie are so outrageous uh and just downright ridiculous i i can't wait to bring this movie to life uh working with a lot of people i have before i mean we have felissa rose on it she's always a absolute delight to work with and oh uh, she's a sweetheart yeah if we have any familiar any listeners familiar with drew marvick and his film uh pool party massacre drew marvick is actually playing santa claus in the film and uh you know he's already okay uh, okay a, wi- yeah. a wisecracking funny guy so to see him dressed as santa claus with his normal <laughs> shenanigans, I think it's going to be a ton of fun. But we're filming that at the end of the month of March and uh, very excited about it. Very excited. I think it's going to be a good one. We've been describing it to people as like, um, obviously, it's a Christmas slasher. But the go- with the gore of Dead Alive meets like a storyline very similar to the movie X by Ty West. So we're just combining some of the stuff and elements from different movies we've liked a lot. And uh I think it's I think it's going to be a fun one. It's a winner for sure, for sure. Good. good. I'm looking forward to it. And one, you, you got a Christmas themed slasher with a killer slant, Santa Claus. I'm I'm already there. Hey, I'm, it's I'm, hard I'm, to I'm, enjoy Christmas slashers, man. There's so many good holiday horror movies out there. So yeah, 
hopefully we can uh, live up to the hype. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. Well, I'll be in line to buy one for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that being said, I think we'll wrap this one up. Stick a pin in it for the evening. I want to thank. I know it's it's been about God at least six seven months since we've done a show. I kind of I I, 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 I miss doing these with you. I know our schedules. You know, sometimes uh, life happens and gets in the way, but uh, I hope we can continue to do these more on the regular. Absolutely. I do, too. You'll have to keep me in the loop when the next one happens, because I know it's been a minute. But uh, half of my year last year got pretty crazy. Uh, I felt like, man, no joke. I feel <laughs> I feel like it was uh, like August all the way through like November. I did not have a day off from anything. So it was very, very crazy. But uh yeah, let's let's do more of these in the future. Let's do some yeah. uh, some sequel shows, and we'll do some more appreciation shows. And well, I tell you what, if you uh... if you do. Uh happenstance to uh happen to watch nemesis two and you can get through it to watch three and four we'll maybe do that as a as a it's a trilogy episode for sequel to deja vu yeah no i'm 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 gonna give them a go i'm gonna at least attempt (laughs) and i'll I'll definitely let you know as soon as i do because uh, like i said those are definitely on the list and i definitely want to check them out so i will i'll definitely keep you in the loop with that for sure Right on, right on. Well, again, appreciate it very much, sir. That you, uh, you know, taking the time out of your schedules. It sounds like you've been even twice as busy as I have. So I'm uh, telling you, it gets wild, you know. And I know we all got stuff going on, so it's uh, it's nice to sit down and have some uh, downtime with a with a good friend and just talking about some fun movies. So yes, it's yeah, uh, yeah. And thank yeah. you for having me on again. Well, I was just glad that I could pick one that you hadn't seen, you know, so that that that's a positive achievement in my book. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. I've seen a lot of stuff, but now I'm just like, man, there's uh, there's plenty that I still haven't seen. And I'm glad to be finding some fun stuff for sure. So thank right you. On. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you, too, sir. I think we'll wrap this one up for the evening. Uh, we have been your hosts. I am Cameron Scott. This is Derek Worley. And uh, we have been reviewing and dissecting one of Albert Pune's finest with Nemesis from 1992. As usual, thank you as always for tuning in and showing up for these appreciation months. We have a lot of fun doing them, so we hope you have a lot of fun listening. And as always, thank you very much for listening, folks. Mm-hmm.